welcome back to Reading by Flashlight Season 3, where we go over short summaries of stories. This season's story is 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea by Jules Verne, and this episode is going to be going over chapters 3 and 4. So, chapter 3, The Iron Prison. So, Aranax had plunged 20 feet into the sea by the time a powerful hand had grabbed onto his clothes and was pulling him up towards the surface, and he heard someone telling him into his ear, if Monsieur would lean on my shoulder, Monsieur would be able to swim more easily. And he sees the arm of his fellow companion, Conceal, and he's like, did the crash throw you into the water too? And he's like, no, I just jumped in to save you. So he asks him, basically, did you get thrown in too? And he's like, no, I just jumped in to come save you. And um, Aranax says, but where's our ship? And so Cancio points to the fading lights of the ship, which are now miles away. And he says, she's badly damaged. I fear that no one on board has noticed both of our disappearances. So Cancio keeps Aranax afloat while they're shouting at the ship in the distance. But after four hours, Aranax realizes that Cancio can't keep him up very well as he was in the beginning and that they're both growing weak. So he tells him to let me go. And he says, never, Monsieur. I would rather drown first. By now, both of their hands were numbed and cramping, and their mouths were filling with salt water. And so, Aranax decides to let go of Council, and he lifts his head one last time. Then he begins to sink. But the next thing he remembers is something hard knocking against him, and he remembers passing out. And then he opens his eyes some time later, and he's out of the water. Council's leaning, kneeling over him. And behind him is Ned Land. And he starts to gasp, where am I? And Ned says, you're on my floating island. I found it when I was thrown into the sea. And he says, a floating island? And then Ned smiles at him and says, you can call it that, Professor. Or you can call it the back of your giant narwhal. But this narwhal is bolted together with steel plates. So obviously this isn't a narwhal. It's some sort of underwater boat you know, and so Aranax sits and looks up, and he's on top of part of the creature, and it doesn't feel like soft flesh, which usually is what covers marine animals. Their skin's usually soft and smooth, you know. It wasn't bony like turtles or alligators. It was smooth, polished black steel, so this was obviously not a living creature. This was an underwater boat built in the shape of a fish. So all of a sudden, Aranax gets really excited, and he's like, well, if there's a boat, that means there's a crew, and if there's a crew, that means there's people. So he's like, we've been saved. But Ned says, not if this boat decides to dive before its crew discovers that we're here. So they had to find some way to opening a hatch. There had to be a hatch somewhere. So they're checking every inch of the deck that's above the sea, but all the steel plates seem to be bolted together. And so Ned begins stamping on the steel plates, and he's like, open up down there, open up. He's trying to not cause damage, but just, like, cause enough noise that whoever is inside this um, this boat will open up the hatch. And so they start to hear these loud clanking noises coming from inside, and one of the steel plates actually lifts up, and two men appear out of the hatch. So... They were wearing otter skin capes, sea skin boots, and loose hanging clothes made of some strange material that they had never heard of. 
One of the men was really short. He had broad shoulders, strong arms, a large head, and thick black hair. But it was the other one who kind of looked, who attracted more of their attention. And he was tall, with a straight nose, firm mouth, piercing eyes, and he had the look of a calm and courageous man, who, a man who was accustomed to taking charge. And so they, all three of them could determine that this was obviously the captain of the underwater boat. So the captain looks at them carefully, inspects them for several minutes without saying anything. And he starts to turn to his companion and talk to him in a language that none of the three men recognized. So they were all hoping that perhaps he understood French. So Aaron and Max begins to explain to him who they were and what was happening to them in French. But he listened to them politely and quietly, didn't interrupt, but he showed no sign that he knew what they were talking about. So Aranax says, okay, Ned, your turn. Try out your best English and see if you have any luck. So Ned begins to give out the story in English, giving the same exact details, but he had no better luck explaining it to him either. Then Conceal tries in German, but the German had no effect either. And then what other, they're like, what other language would he know? And so I guess Aaron X knows some Latin that he remembered from school, but there was still no response. And after several minutes of just silence, the captain calls down the hatch in his strange language to men down there, and eight crewmen rush up on the deck, grabbed Ned, Conceal, and Aranax, and push them down the hatch, and they lead us down an iron ladder into total darkness. So they're kind of just working their way along this narrow gateway, and they were being pushed through this opening, and then they heard a door shut, a bolt fastened, and they felt their way along iron walls, so they know they're that at this point they're in some sort of prison. And in the darkness, some of them tripped, one of them tripped over a wooden table and four stools in the center of the room. And then Ned started shouting, This is a disgrace. We were friends and we talked to these people in French, English, German, and Latin. And not only did they not answer us, but they locked us in this dark iron prison as well. Like, yes, I mean, that is no way to treat your guests. But they invited them inside. Of course, it was forceful, but still, they showed some hospitality. No. Okay, so Aranax is like, calm down, Ned. Anger's not going to get us any answers. Perhaps they... And then the lights turn on. A door opens, and a steward appears. And he brings him some clothes, all made out of that same material that the captain and the other men were wearing. And so they changed out of their wet clothes into the dry ones, and then the steward begins bringing table in with the finest china and the best silverware that they've ever seen and each piece was engraved with a large n on it and they were saying okay this is probably the captain's initials and they were obviously hungry they had been going without food for about 15 hours it says and it was fish they were like we love fish so we're just going to eat all this so they eat all the food and they have nothing else to do. They can't see outside this like room that's plated in steel, this steel prison. And so they stretch out on these mats that were on the floor and they fall asleep. And Aranak says he has no idea how long he was asleep, but he woke up from cool air blowing into the room. And then Ned and Conceal awoke soon after him, 
But Ned was still super angry as he had been the night before, even though they like fed him and stuff. But that, I mean, in that situation, I would have been, I would have still been angry. I probably wouldn't be as angry though. So Ned's just like arguing with himself and arguing with them. And he's like, do you think that they're gonna keep us locked out here forever? And they're just like, our guess is as good as yours, Ned. But like, we've stumbled upon a very important submarine, obviously. And if the captain wants us to keep the secret, then our lives aren't gonna be important to him. If, however, this is not the case, he'll probably return us to dry land as soon as possible. And then Ned cried out, and he's like, but professor, we have to do something. We can't just sit here and wait. So they're like, well, what can we do? Escape. Escape from an underwater prison? He's like, how are we supposed to do that? So they're like, let's just wait and see what happens. But as the hours went by, no sign of their cell door was opening, and Ned's anger began to increase. He started going back and forth. He was like a wild animal, just kicking and clawing at the cells, and he was shouting and yelling. And Aranax began to think what kind of a man this was. How could he just simply lock them in there for hours at a time and ignore them? And But just then, they heard footsteps on the metal floor outside. Bolts were being pushed, the door opened, and a steward stepped into the room carrying a tray of food. And before any of them could move, Ned rushed at the man. Dishes immediately flew everywhere, and Ned had knocked the steward to the floor and leapt on top of him. And he was attempting to choke him. So Conceal and Aranax jump onto Ned, and they're trying to loosen his grip on the half-conscious man. And they struggle for several more minutes until a voice above them froze them to the spot. And it was a voice speaking in perfect English, saying, Calm down, Mr. Land. Then in perfect French, the voice added, Thank you, Monsieur Counselor, and you, Professor Aranax, for your help. Now, gentlemen, if you please listen to me. And here's Chapter 4, Captain Nemo. It was obviously the captain who had just entered the room. Ned jumped up and backed away from the man who was gasping for air on the floor. And the captain says, I also speak French, English, German, and Latin. So, yes, I could have answered you at our first meeting, but I wanted to be able to decide what to do with you. After all, your cannon shot at me and Mr. Land tried to harpoon my ship. So I surely have the right to call you my enemies and kill you. <laughs> but then Aranak says, but that's not the act of a civilized man. And then the captain says angrily, Monsieur Aranax, I am not a civilized man. I've broken my ties with the civilized world on land. I don't obey the rules. I make them my own. But he says, however, I do have some pity on you, so I will spare your lives. But you will have to remain on my board my ship forever as free man. You'll have the freedom to go around the ship to do what you want, but you can't leave. And so they're all protesting against him, and they're like, but you can't possibly expect us to give up our families, our friends, and our country forever. Like, you can't just do that. This is cruelty. And he's like, no, Monsieur, it is a kindness. And I really do not have to be kind to you. You've discovered my secret, a secret that no one was supposed to know. So I can't permit you to go back and tell anyone what happened here. And then his voice kind of seemed to relax, and he was like, I know who you are, and that you've been studying the great works of the ocean depths for many years, and he has, I have a great respect for you. So he tells him that, Aaron, he tells Aranax that he's going to accompany him on an underwater voyage to discover the secrets of the planet. And at these words, Aranax is super excited, and he's like, 
My curiosity as a scientist has just become stronger than my desire for freedom. What? How do you cry and whine about not being able to go back to the surface? And then you're like, oh yes, this is going to be way more fun. I don't think... Are there really people who would convert to that idea that fast? Okay. So he's like, okay, fine. I'm going to be your servant for the rest of your life. So he's like, okay, what am I going to call you since we're not going to be like besties forever? And he's like, for you, Aranax, I want you to call me Captain Nemo. You and your friends are now passengers on the Nautilus. And the captain says, so Aranax, I'd be pleased if you would have lunch with me, but your friends will be shown to their cabins where their meals await them. Ha, so now funny. So he's basically recruited the one man, Aranax, no opinions from the two other guys yet, to spend the rest of their lives together. And now he's like, you're going to come eat with me, and your friends are going to be put in their rooms. They already have rooms now. And um, they can eat in there, and you're going to come eat with me. And Aranax is just going along with it. He's having no problem with this. He forgot about his buddies, his so-called best friends. Yeah, sure. So they go to eat, and they're having all this seafood, basically, and it's really good. Like, Aranax is impressed by it, and he's like, you really do love the sea, don't you, Captain? And Captain Nemo says, I love it, for only there, far below its surface, can a man truly be free. And then Aranax says, free? Free from what? Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Reading by Flashlight, and make sure to come back next week as we go over chapters 5 and 6. Bye!